Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, our head coach, Kate Simon, talks about the top traits of the most successful top-producing agents in the industry. With over 7,000 coaching hours under her belt, Kate has observed what it takes to truly take your business to the next level. Now, let's hear from Jeff and Kate. For those of you that have been following us for a while, uh, you know that, that this person was, was there really, literally, from the start. Um, back when we had um, no coaches, uh, we had no clients, and it was just, hey, let's, let's put on some great content, let's share some great information, and let's see what this thing can turn into. And of course, I always knew deep down that my long-term passion was, was developing others and, and impacting the lives of millions, and so I knew what it looked like long-term, although this particular individual was involved in the trenches when it didn't even really exist yet. And she deserved to be in the trenches of that because prior to our working relationship at Glover U, she was in the trenches with us on our real estate team in Detroit. In fact, starting as an inside sales associate, developing into an outside sales associate, becoming our rookie of the year, fulfilling one of her uh, early on lifelong dreams of experiencing what life is like in California, packing up and moving there after saving up, up enough money to do so applying what she had learned with our team in California, one of the hardest markets to sell in, in Malibu, California, door knocking every single day, getting rejected every single day, and, and, and being out there on her own, not knowing anybody. And so at some point in time, and of course throughout this time, we kept in connection, uh, and from time to time, you know, we'd have conversations about what she needs to do to succeed there and, and how she can apply what she learned in Detroit out there, although it's a completely different market. I'll let her tell you that if she wants. And throughout that journey, we always knew that we would be back working together at some point in time, whether it would be a leader in, in one of our organizations or in in coaching for Glover U. And the one thing I can tell you about the next individual I'm about to present, if there was, if, if, if Webster's dictionaries had photos and the definition of coach next to that, this person's face would be the photo that's in that dictionary. Uh, I don't think, I don't think I know another coach in the industry today that is more real, more raw, more honest, more passionate about, passionate, in developing others. And what's very helpful is she's, like I talk about so much about Glover U, she's in it with us. In fact, her office is in a Jeff Glover and Associates realtor office. So she very much understands, to this day, how our team operates in the trenches. And so for any of you that have have had the opportunity to coach with her, you know what I'm saying in terms of her real rawness, uh, uh, the ability to be upfront and, and, and call people out, quite frankly, on their BS. And that's what a coach is supposed to do. And because she did such a great job of that for a few years, we made the decision to put her in charge of hiring and, and developing and, and, and training our coaching staff. Because at the end of the day, if you know our content so well because you've applied it at a high level and you happen to be the definition of a coach, well, naturally, you're going to be able to identify talented people that would fit on our bench. And of course, that's a big part of our role today. We have probably a dozen requests a month that come in for people wanting to be on our coaching bench. And I mean, she's a gatekeeper. I mean, it's very tough 
to get through that. Because why? Because she's so passionate about developing others, she won't just let anybody sign up to be a coach. I mean, it's unfortunate that there's so many organizations today that say, hey, I heard some good things about you. You want to be a coach? We're looking for coaches. We need coaches. We don't operate that way. We will go out and seek people that we've been watching for not days, not weeks, but years, and watching their development, whether they're a client of ours, by the way, that is the first step, becoming a client of ours, of course, and deciding whether you're a fit for developing others in a big way, because we've got a huge mission. And so, without further ado, please join me in welcoming to the stage, Miss Kate Simon. Let's do it. All right, so after a lot of arm twisting and a lot of begging and pleading and asking, when we put the agenda together for the Live Unreal Summit this time, I told Jeff, I'm ready. I'm ready to be on stage. I'm ready to talk to our audience. I'm ready to share with them the top traits and behaviors of the number one clients in our program and in the industry. And about five minutes ago, I was standing back there with Jeff, and I said, I deeply regret this decision. <laughs> so bear with me. So bear with me here, okay? I'm going to start with a question. So I'd like you all to think about this question, open up to a clean sheet of paper, and give yourself some time to really think about this question. The question I'd like to start with is this. Who do I need to be? The question is, who do I need to be? Yesterday, we had a jam-packed day full of speakers, panelists, one-on-one -on -one interviews, filling us with information on what we need to do to take our business to the next level, what we need to implement, what we can improve with social media, how we can audit our brand and make sure that who we are here represents who we want to work with out there. All of that's great information, and I want you guys to sincerely think about what you'd like to implement from there. But we can't ignore this question. Who do I need to be? Because unless we're willing to change our behaviors, our thoughts, our habits, everything you wrote down yesterday, it's gonna go on a shelf, until six months from now when you come to the retreat and decide, okay, I've really got to get my butt into gear. So why I'm talking about the subject today is because it's very common. Coaching clients come to our organization and they say, Kate, I want the answer to X. What if I implement this? What if I buy this lead source? What if I make this higher? And that's great. Of course, we're here to help guide them down that pathway. None of those things matter unless they're ready to step into that role of the person that sells 100 houses a year, or the leader that has a top brokerage, or the individual agent that becomes a top producer. So that's why today I'm starting with the question of, who do I need to be? So as I go over these points with you today, and I'll get into them in just a second, I want you to be thinking in your mind, if you had to score yourself on a scale of one to 10 on each of these traits, where would you score yourself? 
Now, of course, if you've ever done a free 15-minute coaching session with us, you know the drill. You take the lowest scores and you ask yourself, what can I do to improve upon them? So the head coach would not be standing up here today without then giving you a homework assignment. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is after you take notes on the segment today, study those notes and find the areas that you're holding yourself back. Find the holes in your behavior that you know if you just changed this, not just your business, not just 2022, but your entire life would look different. As Jeff, as Jeff shared, I've had the privilege and honor of coaching some of our top agents, coaching our coaches, and putting in over 7,000 coaching hours in the last five years. So it was a tall task, and I asked all of our coaches to weigh in as well, and I said to them, guys, I'd like to share with our audience the top traits and behaviors of our top coaching clients. What makes them successful? It's not the leads they buy. It's not the market they work in. It's not their marketing uh, you know, platform. It's not the billboards. So what are those traits that separate somebody from average to above average? And I'd like to share those with you today. So turn to a clean sheet of paper. We'll start with trait number one. So trait number one of the habits and behaviors of our number one coaching clients. Number one is they have extreme clarity on their purpose. Extreme clarity on their purpose. They know where they're going and they know exactly why they're going there. We had a great young woman in coffee with coaches this morning and she raised her hand and she said, I'm overwhelmed. There's so much good information. My hand is cramped from taking so many notes. Who else feels like that, by the way? Who else feels a little bit overwhelmed? And so she said, what do I do with all this information? And we reminded her, not everything that's shared is for you. There's a ton of good information over the next three to four days and I'm going to encourage you guys to get specific about the information you want to implement. Because if you implement everything, you're not going to get very far. There's only certain nuggets from each segment that are going to apply to you and where you're at in your business right now. But first, you have to know where you're at and where you ultimately want to go. So point number one, again, is they have extreme clarity on their purpose and where they'd like to go. Number two of the top traits and behaviors of our best coaching clients, grit. The word grit. This one was submitted by Coach Nick, uh, but it happens to be one of my favorite uh, core values. It's a core value of Glover U as well. So I'm going to read to you the definition of grit. And actually, this comes straight from Angela Duckworth. I don't know if you've ever read her book called Grit, uh, but she's one of the best authors um, and researchers of the component Grit, so it's a fantastic book if you've ever read it. And her definition of Grit is passion and perseverance towards a long-term goal. So passion and perseverance toward a long-term goal. So in writing these notes, Jeff and I had a conversation about the difference between grit and hard work. And I posed a question to Jeff and I said, can you work hard for an hour? And he said, well, of course. I said, can you work hard for 24 hours? And he laughed and he said, no. Now, of course, we know Jeff, he works hard all 24 hours of the day. But the point I'm trying to make is the difference between hard work and grit 
is the longevity in which somebody's applying that hard work towards a passion that means something to them. My favorite example of that is this. Who here has been following, following along on what's been going on on Inner Circle for the last 100 days? With 100 with Gino? Gino D'Angelo, one of our top coaches, one of, our, one of my best coaching clients. Um, I know he really wishes he was here right now. He's rooting us on from the virtual right now. Uh, Gino made a decision last year, at the beginning of the year, and he said, you know what? I think it's going to be a good idea for me to complete 260 workouts this year. I said, wow, that's impressive. And so he started, and every day, if you follow him on Instagram, I don't know if he's doing anything this year, no pressure, Gino, uh, but he posts a photo every day, and it would say one of 260, two of 260, three of 260. And he did it until he got to 160 and decided, you know what, I'd like to recruit the community to do it with me. And so we had coaching clients jumping in, and you know maybe they did 100, maybe they did as many as they could, but the point is, his action, his grit, his perseverance inspired others to do the same. And so, of course, leaving uh, you know, nothing, uh, no, no time to waste, he completed his 260th workout uh, just about two weeks ago, right before the end of the year. Um, and so I'm super proud of him for that. Let's give him a round of applause. I know he wished he could be here. And so, of course, Tracy Hall, uh, Jay Fischetti, they also completed their 100. Uh, so Gino and I were talking about it. And, and, you know, of course, I asked him the question, what did you learn? Who did you become? Who are you now that maybe you weren't a year ago? And he said to me this. He said, Kate, I don't really get it. All I did was work out. And I said, yeah, you worked out 260 times. You worked out on the days you didn't feel like working out. You worked out when you could have quit. You worked out when things were hard. That's the amazing part. Picking up a barbell is fantastic, don't get me wrong, but the amazing part is how consistent you were despite everything happening around you. And so it wasn't the hard work of doing a fitness class, it was the grit of doing that long term that was truly most amazing in that. So number two is grit, the passion and perseverance toward a long-term goal. The third thing I'll share of the top traits and characteristics of our best clients, they come from contribution. They're givers. They want to help. One of my favorite examples of this, William and Sarah Huffman from Minneapolis, they are so active in Glover U Inner Circle, and I believe it was probably 12 months ago now that William actually volunteered to start a Zoom conference call for anybody who wanted to practice role play. He took our prospecting boot camp, of course, and decided that if there was a community of people who wanted to practice, he'll hold space and help them practice. You know, we've got Brett Hubbs. He hosts an accountability group for Glover U as well. He's posting, he's inspiring, and he's sharing with people what he's doing in hopes that they can learn something from him as well. Our top coaching clients are givers. They can share as much as they'd like with you. They want to see you succeed too. There's no threat there. There's room for everybody at the table. So that third trait is they come from contribution. 
The fourth trait, of course, you guys knew this was coming, is accountability. Now, somehow I became known as the person for accountability because at one point or another, I brought a microwave to our conference to heat up food to stay on track with my meal plan. <laughs> now, while my microwave days are long gone at this point, what I can say is accountability is still a habit that I hold dear, near and dear to me. And it's because I know on the other side of accountability is freedom towards our goals and who and what we ultimately want to become. I know he's out there somewhere, and if you see him, he's like seven feet tall. Scott Class, does anyone know Scott Class? Scott Class reached out to Jeff and I a couple years ago, and he said, okay guys, I'm ready for some accountability, who's in? And at the time, you know, Jeff never turns down a challenge, and he says, let's do it. I've got a break from tour, I've got 60 days, let's do an accountability challenge. And so what we did is we came up with some metrics of how many days a week we want to work out, how long we want to work out for, and then, of course, we had a duration in which we wanted to do it. Now, the other key component of accountability, and then I'm very, I feel very strongly about this, there has to be a pain point. If there's no pain point, that's called babysitting. You have to have a consequence for not doing your job. So the consequence that Scott agreed to and that Jeff agreed to is if they didn't do the number of workouts that we agreed to, and they had to check in every day, that they would have to pay $200, okay? Now, Scott, he was a dream. He showed up, didn't make excuses, and I wanna share some, uh, some, I wanna share some props for him because this past weekend, he just completed his first ever half marathon. And it started, he reached out to us and said it started with that accountability a couple years ago. And then of course yours truly, I think uh, he may have overcommitted just a little bit at the time. Uh, he did have a lot on his plate, I'll give him that. And uh, I always joke that by the end of uh, his accountability challenge, I was actually able to buy a Peloton because of how many times he missed riding the Peloton. <laughs> now, I'll give him this. He, he was averaging four days a week, and I tell you, it could have been 11.30 at night on a Sunday after the Lions game, but he was getting on his bike and sending me a selfie. So do you have a high level of accountability for what you say you want to do? And does that accountability come with a pain point that means something to you? It certainly did for Scott, and you can see where he's at today with his own health journey. The next point I'll share, and this is number five, if you guys are numbering. They remain coachable regardless of how successful they are. They remain coachable regardless of how successful they are. One of my favorite examples of this is probably Coach Greg, Greg Erlinger. I'm not sure if he's in the room right now. He might be doing some free 15-minute sessions. But when we spoke to Greg before he decided to join us as a coach, we had a very real conversation. If you guys don't know who Greg Erlinger is, him, uh, Mike Zinicola, they run the number one team in the region, Michigan and Northern Ohio, uh, for units and volume. He He's very clear that it's both, just so you know. So make sure you congrats, congratulate them both, that it's units and volume. And when we spoke to Greg, we were having the conversation about what are, you, what are you looking for? How do we know that this is a good fit for you? 
And he said, well, I've had some success in, in numerous areas. The list is long. But I need to be challenged. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to be challenged. And so we welcomed him with open arms to the coaching community, and he's absolutely killing it with his clients. And this last year, we actually invited him to go on tour and go on stage and present the 21 ways. And I tell you, every morning, every day before the session, can I send you my notes? Can I practice this with you? Every break, he's coming back to me. All right, Kate, what did I screw up? How can I get better? And he's the most coachable person I think I've probably ever met, at least in that scenario, because by, all, by any stretch of the imagination, this is a successful person. In all reality, what do I have to teach the number one agent in Michigan and Northern Ohio about success? Yet he found an area that maybe he wasn't the best and he leaned into that and said, I have room to grow. And so Greg's a perfect example of achieving at a high level in this area over here yet still being open to being coachable. So the next point I'd like to share with you guys, number six, they have extreme focus and conviction. This one is from our good friend Sarita here. And I'm not gonna give too much away because Sarita has a lot of exciting things to share with you tomorrow, but just a few of them. So you know the kind of person Sarita is, she runs a top team out of Portland, Oregon, and just for fun, just for fun on the weekends, she flies to Boston University to get her like second or third master's degree. MIT, I'm so sorry. MIT, how could I forget? Just a little bit impressive. Do you think it takes a high level of focus and clarity around what's important to her to be able to make that kind of commitment? What I wrote down here is the best of the best have blinders on to shiny objects, distractions, drama, and conversations they really don't want to be a part of. They have a unique ability to decide what's for them and what's not for them. And they see anything in their path that doesn't directly relate to their goal as a distraction from that. In fact, people with extreme focus will get frustrated. They will get mad if you distract them from their path. And they'll have extreme boundaries. And they might come across as rude or short or this or that. But the reality is they're focused. They know where they're going and they know what they have to do in order to get there. And so the best of the best of our coaching clients have extreme focus and clarity around what needs to be done. But most importantly, what doesn't need to be done. They know what to say yes to and they know what to say no to. One of the conversations I have a lot with clients who reach out to me, or to the organization in general, uh, they, they're always asking, what else can I do? What else do I need to do to get to the next level? And so often after hearing what they're doing, after auditing their day and, and listening to the conversations, how they run their time, it's actually not about doing more. It's about doing less and saying no, right? The most successful people out there, the ones that are achieving the most on a daily basis, they say no all the time. You can't pull them away for a second because they know where they're going and they, they're not letting anybody distract them from that. So on the, on the note of extreme focus and conviction, learn to say no and say no often. 
Next, and this is still under point six, with extreme focus and conviction, eventually comes boredom, right? When you've been focused for long enough, you're gonna get bored. It's a natural part of extreme success. There's repetitious boredom in excellence. There's no way around that. The ultra marathon runners, do you think they ran one marathon to become an ultra marathon runner? No, they've ran thousands upon thousands upon thousands of miles. The same mile, different pair of shoes, different path, doesn't matter. But they've done that race before so many times that they can finally master that race. My favorite story here about extreme conviction and focus, this takes us all the way back to peak pandemic time. So it was probably April and May of 2020. So now keep in mind, uh, everybody's working from home. So that means my husband Andrew and I, were both working from home. We're both on the phone all day long, every day. We're seeing way too much of each other, right? Just like everybody else in the pandemic, stuck in home with your family. And uh, our, our Birmingham office is pretty much right around the corner from our house. And so, of course, all of our agents, they're, they're working from home at the time. So the office is empty. So Andrew said to me, you know what, is it okay if I just go, if I just go into the office? Is anybody going to care? I said, no, I don't think so. I don't think anybody's there. And so after a couple days, you know, Andrew's going in there. He's working. He's doing his thing. And he's like, huh, there's always this one guy at the office. And he just comes in, and he's still in a suit. And he walks right back to his office door and he shuts the door, doesn't say hi, doesn't say anything. And he's in there for like four hours just calling people. So for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, Sean Kanja, where are you? Sean, Andrew used to come home and say to me, you know, I really try to talk to that Sean guy. And, you know, I, I get up and stretch my legs and I, and I go back to his office and try to say hi. And Sean's just there dialing and he points to his ears and just holds his hand up and says one minute. And he never comes out and talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hear from Sean later today. Uh, I believe, and, I'm sh I, and he has permission to correct me, I believe he's closed just over 100 houses on Jeff's team this year. Extreme conviction and focus and an intimate relationship with boredom. Sean didn't care that the world was exploding around him. He walked in the door at 7.30 in the morning with a suit on. He put his bag down and he picked up his phone and he hit his contacts. He didn't care what was going on. That's the level of focus we need to practice when things don't go our way or when we get a phone call we don't want to get, or we get an email that a deal fell apart. What would your business look like this year if you just had half of that focus? Do you think you'd double or even triple your business? Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff and Kate today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.